of personalized learning. Cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. So today, I, before we even get into what we're going to do today, I yeah. think we need to like own up to our laziness. <laughs> it's so, we have a website and we promote our parking lot as a way to, to give feedback. And we talk about it, maybe not every episode, but, but pretty much every episode. Yeah. But we never actually follow up and look because it was blank for so long. It was long. blank for so long. We got into that like... Nobody cares. (laughs) No one's got anything for us. Um, So we figured we were, if you listen to our last podcast, Courtney said, let me write down the name of the website. Yeah. Because, you know, we kind of screwed it up last week. So looking, and I'm looking at the parking lot while we're doing this, and it's like, wait, there's stuff on here. There's stuff here. It's really cool. Yeah, and not only have we neglected the parking lot, but... We didn't check our email either (laughs) for a long time. And there was, well, so I guess like I've been thinking about that one and be like, you know, I I, I think I'm just going to flat out say like parking lot or Twitter is like the number one ways to get in touch with the podcast, with us on the podcast. Um, We just, our podcast email while we have one, like, (laughs) Honestly, it was set up so that we could post elsewhere. Like, we needed an email we in order to do everything email. else. So, yeah. so I think the best route for actually getting in touch with us is the parking lot or Twitter. Um, so, but for you who actually wrote the email, we'll be in touch with yeah, you we are. We're on very that. shortly. We're on that. So, okay. uh, and thank you for writing. Yeah. And listening, of course. I know. <laughs> yeah, we'll be back. We'll be in touch. Yes, um, we will. All so, right. yeah, there's lots of great stuff on the parking lot. Um, lots of... Most of them right now are actually about report cards and reporting and all that, which makes sense because we're we're coming up on the end of the year. So Absolutely. now everyone's thinking about, okay, now how do I communicate all of this stuff? Mm-hmm. Um, so go check that out. Um, maybe next week we'll talk a little bit more about that because we weren't actually planning on that today. We will. So add your thoughts to it too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. lots of good stuff on there. I think right now the most powerful one there says uh, teaching and learning need to look different before reporting looks different. It's a common pitfall to start by changing the reporting system. And I have to agree with that. Absolutely. Having worked in a few districts that have made this change, the districts that focused on reporting first had a much harder time actually changing the practice. And there's your preview of next week's episode. Awesome. Score. (laughs) Um, So I'll read one. So the one that we are going to talk about today, um, so we've got, there's a couple here. There's one about student ownership and reflection. Um, One of the things they're saying is one of the core ideas is student ownership and reflection. As an elementary teacher, how do you support students with goal setting that's realistic and taking ownership of their learning? Um, And then this idea of self-assessment. I'm having problems with my fourth graders self-assessing. It seems like they cannot accurately tell if they've mastered a standard. This this probably stems from them being told by an A that they've achieved a target in the past. And it tips on teaching them to more accurately self-assess. So... Matt, we actually thought that today we would talk a little bit about, you know, reflecting and mm-hmm. wrapping up the year because it's 
if you haven't finished school yet, you're finishing up in the next week or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and reflection is an incredibly important piece of personalized learning, and I think it's also a really important piece of culture. So here's the danger about this a little bit. Okay. Uh, and especially at the end of the year right now, especially I was just thinking about that that last part, which again, we saw like five minutes ago. Yeah. But when, when this person says this probably stems from them being told by an A that they've achieved a target in the past, teaching them more accurately to self-assess is not something we can do in these last two weeks of school. No, if this is the first time you're doing it, it's going to be a mess. But keep to do it anyway. Yeah, do it anyway. <clears throat> and that'll give you some great feedback for yeah. when we start up the next year and then make reflection a part of your classroom all the time. All the time. And kids will eventually get better and better and better as you go. Yeah. But if you're expecting them to, to really reflect on their targets now, but we've never done it before, yeah, it's going to be horrible. Yeah. Because it's not some it's something that's that's new to them. It's new, yeah. And it's new to you as a teacher, obviously. Right. And but it is a big, huge part of the culture. You know, we yeah. talk about our core tenets a lot, and <laughs> reflection is is one of them. Right, it's it, to it's me. A it's, it's like it's a it's a definite do do. <laughs> it is a definite one, and, and in fact, it's it's one you can't just skip over because it's usually like at the end of the list because you do it right. after you do some learning yeah. and some assessment and some yeah. some where are we on this one. But it's definitely not a skip. Right. It's it's not a don't do. It's a do do. It's a do do. So, yeah. you know what I think helps with reflection. And. Learners figuring out how to do it well. Modeling. Modeling. <laughs> so go back, listen to that episode. But yeah, no, I think the two big things um, to help with self-assessment and reflection um, are modeling it as the teacher. Mm-hmm. So going through that process in front of them and having something for them to compare their work to. Right. So if you want them to do a good job of assessing did I accurately, you know, did I hit this target or whatever? You need to give them some some examples of work that does. And before they do it on their own, um, it's helpful to kind of work through the criteria. Like, okay, here's an example of a yes, right? Like you do the yes, no game with them. Mm-hmm. I love that game. But like, so here's an example of something that does meet the criteria of meeting why and then kind of work through and like almost annotate this to pull out all the different things that show how it meets and then do the same thing with a no um so that you can explicitly see like what's missing what's so like that kind of work Mm -hmm. really helps doing so so first you model it then you do that kind of um it's like i do we do you do then you do that like breaking apart together the exemplars or the or several not just one but a couple different examples of things that do meet the standard um and then they can do it on their own um, but again, like you said, if it's if this is the first time they're doing it, it's not it's they're not going to do it perfectly, right? We don't expect mastery on anything the first time someone does it. Right. So I also like what you just said about not having just one exemplar. Yeah. Because that will show kids there are multiple ways to do things, right. multiple ways to attack things. Right. Because if you're just expecting one way to do it, that's not really a, a a good target anymore, right? Because right. Or, or a good assessment, as it were, because now you're just telling kids what to do. This is the way you do it. You do all these things, and you're correct. Yeah. You know, we've talked about in the past, it becomes a recipe as opposed to a scoring guide. Right. 
So multiple ways to show these things. I think that was a, a great point yeah. also. Yeah, thanks. You're welcome, Courtney. No, yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, as far as goal setting, um, I think that's this. So I think, so here's, this person is an, is an elementary teacher. Mm -hmm. um, so a piece of me is saying, remember that they're young, right? So fourth grade, what is that's like 10 years old? Yeah. Yeah, nine, ten. They're young still. Like, just tamper your expectations. Yeah, a little it's okay. Bit for for what you know, good reflection looks like from a ten or eleven year old who's new to it. Um, for I, I'm gonna say it for sure. <laughs> for sure, a kindergartner coming up who's been well exposed year after year to these kinds of will look different. But you know, a kid who's starting this for the first time. Um, and is 10 years old, their reflection is going to look different than, you know, a senior in high school. Yeah. yeah, but, you know, I was just thinking as a high school teacher, I was just thinking about when when I started this with, with my classes. Yeah. It was just the same. They were yeah. awful. Oh, they're horrible at it. And, yeah. And it takes them just <laughs> as long to, mm -hmm. to figure out because it's something that, that we don't do in schools very often. Right. And... You know, if you're starting them when they're nine or ten, for instance, you can go earlier, obviously. But yeah. by the time they get a couple years in, they'll just be something they naturally do with not just school, but hopefully with all parts of their life, right. because they'll see the value of it. So, yeah. yeah, tamper your expectations, but don't let that discourage you. No, it's it's okay if they don't know how to reflect, and it takes them all year in order for them to come up with maybe one really one good reflection. One good, where they're you like, know, call oh, that a yeah, win. Exactly, take it. Call that a win. I guess the other thing I would throw on here, and I think I've said it in the past, or at least I remember saying it at our, you know, our live show a couple of <laughs> few weeks ago, <laughs> yes. that um, complicated processes like this, um, do it with something easy first. Do it, do, it, do it with known content first. So practice some reflection on simpler things, yeah. like... How well did you hang up your coat, your coat and your backpack? Like, yep. um, if they play a sport or something, have them practice reflection on that. So practicing that process with easier known stuff first will make it easier for them to reflect better right. um, on their learning. How to tie your shoe? Is How to tie the, your shoe? Yeah, that's yeah. The shoe tying matrix. Yeah. But I like that because it's it really helps. Yeah. So I want to shift us to um, thinking about reflection in the larger sense, like as a culture piece okay. in a classroom, because it's the end of the year. And I, so I got to witness something really beautiful in our schools, and I'm so excited to hear that it's happening in all of the towns in the district I work in. But um, I think it was Tuesday. I don't know what day it was this week, but I happened to be in an elementary school when the graduating seniors walked through in their caps and gowns and you know pomp and circumstance like a hip-hop version of it or whatever was playing over <laughs> it was still cool it was playing was cool. over the over the you know the public announcement system and all of the kids were out in the hallways and the teachers and just like clapping as the seniors walked through and it was totally beautiful like it was super cool for so many reasons and it just got me thinking about like those kinds of traditions and things that we do at the end of the year because it really is for our learners, it's a big moment for mm -hmm. a school year to end. Um, they are moving on to something different, and it's worth taking the time to really 
think about the good things that happened, the things that they would like to change for next year. Um, and it's good for us to do that as educators too. So do you have any ways that you used to reflect with your learners at the end of the year? Uh, the end of the year, we, we usually had a lot of a wrap up at the end because we were trying to you know, race through whatever we needed for the, the leftover learning targets. So we had, we had a lot more time. Yeah. Actually, so we had, I didn't really do a lot of stuff on paper. Sure. Uh, as a math teacher, we, we really more talked as, as a class or in small well, groups. Legitimate. Yeah, so it wasn't anything like formal that I could like hand to my principal or anything, right. but it was just talking about how the year went, you know, what, yeah. what did you like, what did you not like. It, it was a lot of feedback for me at that point, Yeah. but it really got into what type of learning targets really worked for them and what didn't, so it helped me adjust my teaching at the yeah. end. Um, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't anything I can have like as an artifact. Right. It was just but a discussion. It was discussion. Yeah, because again, reflection was not really a big part of what right. we did. So I really had to, to probe for for answers yeah. at that point. But you know, after you've been with your class for a whole year, you really get to know them. Yeah. Of course. So you can have those informal discussions all the time. And it right. was really valuable for me because I could adjust for the next year on ways that I taught and what worked for the group before. Yeah. But then realize the next year that I made that more explicit, that if if there's something's not working for you, let's let's talk about it right. and we'll adjust because I want you to learn this stuff. Yeah, cool. So it, it really made it more open and transparent, but the relationship between the teacher and the student at that point. Right. Which I, I think really that's a great liked. Way to do oh yeah, it. it was it worked for me. Uh, you know, if you like the written reflections, I know that that some of some of our teachers do like goal setting sheets with reflections on them. Mm -hmm. um, There's more of a, a younger kid type thing, but yeah. but whatever works for you and your kids, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Something I've been talking about with uh, teachers lately is about really engaging the learners in, in talking about how the year went. Especially we have some, some teams where it's multi-age or um, it's a small school, so they right. have the same teachers, like uh, one of our, one of the middle schools, like, there's only so like right. there's six teachers and you have those same teachers every year. So um, like in that situation, thinking about and one of the questions I've been putting to people is like, well, what what do your learners have to say about how the year should start next year? Oh, that's good, right? Because especially the ones that are here, how are they going to? Uh, what roles are they going to take on for? welcoming in the news mm -hmm. and and also you know for right now what role are the are they going to take on in saying goodbye to the ones who are moving on i like well we talk about culture yeah. right so like if we want it to feel like that should feel big that a third perhaps or half of the people are moving on so how are the half that are staying how are they going to say goodbye and how are they going to say hello to the new ones coming up right um, I think that that's been a really good question for people. And there have been a lot of like, huh, haven't thought about that yet. And I'm like, well, why don't you ask the learners? Like, exactly. you don't have to figure this out. You know, have, have a team meeting, put this out there, or do it in an advisor, and then do what they say. I like. Yeah, I, like, I'm excited to see what happens. Because that's how, you know, you ownership, let them be the decision makers in these kinds of things. That sounds good. Yeah. Let's wrap. Let's wrap. Okay. So, Courtney, Matt. what is our website? Our website is peelernmc.com.
www.weebly.com. Yeah. Yeah. And there's that parking lot is right on there, so you can see that. Uh, please post to it. Uh, next week we'll be talking about some things that are actually on the parking lot. Yeah, we're, we'll dig into report cards again a little bit. And, yeah, and it's, a, it's a good way to talk at the end of the year and, and what you want for uh, potentially to work on for next year. Yeah. Awesome. So um, the show's Twitter handle is at PLearnMC. She says with a question I'm mark. I'm looking at Matt. Like, am I right? That is right. Woo. Uh, you can find Courtney where? At below Lindsay. And you find me at Eat Sleep Stats. Yeah. Um, hey, before we go, Matt, what was your prom song? My prom song, I'm pretty sure, was Up Where We Belong. <laughs> okay. Corny just baited me into showing my age right there. So thank you. It's oh. terrible. All right. What was yours? What was mine? Mine, mine was not actually representative of my age, which is pretty funny, and I think it confused someone a little earlier today. <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> um, my prom song was uh, "Come Sail Away" by Styx. A, a great song. Yeah, it's uh, whatever. Yeah, it, <laughs> I'm still confused. That's okay. That's okay. But uh, so because tis the season, we're going to go out with the greatest prom song ever today. So enjoy the next four minutes. Yeah, we'll talk next time. Downhill from there, but tonight.